Welcome to the Wikipod, a show that hosts conversations with play-to-earn gaming community members for peer education on cryptocurrency and Web3 technologies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and NFTs. The podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Hey everyone, this is your host, I Speak Nerd, and welcome to the Wikipod Spectacular. I'm joined this week by Wikioki and Ladies of the Hunt pioneer, Corkio. We'll talk Wiki updates, some CoinHunt World Chinese New Year news, and the reason for the season, taxes. Corkio, how are you? Exhausted. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about from hunting because I haven't been able to do that because we're snowed in. So I'm talking about taxes. <laughs> taxes, taxes, baby. I mean, you're working with them like all the time, constantly, right? Yeah. Yeah. I own an accounting firm. So I've got regular bookkeeping clients that at the end of the year, I do their taxes. I also take on random individuals that contact me. So um, I mean, I don't really work on them all the time because I usually have nothing to do over the summer, but yes, always taxes. Taxes, taxes. Damn. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the Wikipod and talk to us about it and spread the knowledge. Yeah, of course. Um, but you've actually been on this podcast before. You were with episode like four, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's been, it's been, it's been a bit, but we definitely had a great conversation then. I'm hoping we'll definitely get something uh, similar here. Like what are, what, what do you think some of the most interesting things you've done since that last podcast episode? Uh, with coin hunt world, uh, probably nothing <laughs> because I mean, we, we started it, we did the last episode right before tax season and I've been scrambling with work ever since. I mean, I've been, you know, hunting in the morning and at night, like, you know, before and after taxes, but, um, well, it doesn't I've have to be, of, doesn't have to be coin hunt world. Like what have you done? Uh, yeah. personal life, anything interesting? Uh, I moved my mom here. Hey, <laughs> yeah. She hasn't picked the game back up yet though. So, I mean, we've been so busy, um, trying to buy her a car and furnish her apartment. She moved here with four suitcases and that's oh, it. Okay. Like, so oh, wow. we've had to, yeah, we've had to get furniture. Um, she sold her car before she left because she got so much more for it than she paid for it. Um, Congratulations. Car prices, you know. But then that means it's really hard to buy a car on the other side. So. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah. hasn't been fun. Well, it sounds like you've had a lot on your plate uh, oh, besides yeah. CoinHunt World then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, anything, uh, particularly upcoming for you? Like, I guess you said it's tax, tax season and there's going to be a lot of dealings with that for you, but, uh, anything, uh, that you're excited about upcoming? Um, well, I'm hoping as soon as the snow melts that I can maybe get outside and finish the, uh, the quest line. Um, because I should be able to, I should, I was actually, before it started snowing, I was hoping that like I could be one of the top five in the U.S., but that's uh-huh. not that's not going to happen now. Wait, I, I've sno- been lo- <laughs> snowing in Oklahoma. You said that doesn't normally happen, right? No, I mean the last time we had this much snow here was the year that I moved here, which was what uh, twelve years ago, eleven oh, years wow. ago. 
we don't ever get snowed in. I mean, if we get snow, it's like a half an inch or something like that. It's, or sometimes we get ice and that's a problem, but, um, no, we, we don't usually get snow. And I, I don't know, we got maybe like, I, I didn't go outside. So I'm going to guess it's somewhere between four and eight inches. <laughs> well, if, for not getting, not normally getting any snow, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Well, my understanding is the entire Midwest is packed in and uh, it moved all the way towards like Maine and everything. So they just got hit with their nor'easter last weekend and I guess they're getting more snow again, but they're used to it. So they know how to deal here. They don't even know how to plow roads. So (laughs) um, yeah, it's been a nightmare. And on top of that, like three days ago, it was 70 degrees and today it's like 11 degrees. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, not my kind of thing. This is why I work all winter because I love the summer. I love the sun. I love it being hot. Um, and I don't want to work then. So I picked a career where I work when it's cold and don't want to go outside. And I have all my free time when it's nice out. Oh, there you go. Genius. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really like, I'm a plant. Like I I survive off of the sun. So in the (laughs) winter, it's kind of hard to survive. I I, I do what I can, but just hibernate. Yeah. Hibernate and work. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Well, since you've been on, we've, we've added some, some new wiki members since last week. Uh, We definitely had Wally's just joined the wiki server uh, two days ago, I believe. Um, we're recording this on the 4th of February. So he just joined. Wally's is coming out of San Diego. He's got that like Wally, like actual Wally looking QB thing. Um, it's super adorable. Have you seen his QB? Are we, I, I haven't. Are you talking Wally like the robot? Yes, like Wally the robot. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. There's a blue question about that movie. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, we also had some like wiki updates. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's the start guide. So there is an existing start guide on the wiki, um, but it's kind of a it's kind of a mess. It's a bit of a mess if you try to go through it. Um, it has a lot of information, but it's just it's hard to read. It's kind of hard. It's hard to be hard to organize it uh, and all that stuff. But there's a new guide coming, a reorg of all that information. Um, and huge, huge, massive shout out to Marvin's house for taking that on and organizing that. And like, I, I just saw his, uh, his planning document. It's 33 pages long, you guys. Like it's insanely That's long, crazy. like huge shout out for doing that. You know, if Marvin's house is doing it, then Marvin's mama is helping. So she needs a shout out for that too. Hell yeah. The whole Marvin's family is awesome. and like uh marlov has been doing some like editing and kind of review of that and again huge shout out to roic is one of our uh british british wiki wiki team members he's been taking on that actual implementation of that in other words trans transcribing all that information from a, a planning document onto the actual wiki and making sure the headers are um you know the right header depths are put in and all that stuff and making it look nice on the wiki so huge huge shout out um to those those three for uh putting that together and everybody else that was helping out with that yeah do we know what roic stands for i believe it stands for raging out in clash oh interesting i like it so if for those of you who don't know who aren't uh, aren't as old clash was a punk band from the 80s 70s a british punk band yeah 
and it's actually my my mom's like all time favorite band. Um, really? So, yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, they had like uh, a couple a couple uh, big hits like radio play still. Um, yeah, huge shout out. The uh, we had the wiki map. Sorry, not the wiki map. Whoa, the uh, Coin An- World map. map. Thank you. Anakura's map has accounts now, which uh, we talked about a little bit before. But Anakura actually. Uh, put in a ton of effort into this so people get uh, basically get credit for the work that they've done adding to adding to the map um, with everything that's been going on. So people basically like there's a whole leaderboard now um, that people can compete for. I think I don't know if anybody's going to be able to compete with Kevin. I think he's got like 1,200 or something contributions to the map on there. But uh, yeah, well he's at he's at 1856 right now. Oh jeez. Anakura's at 1993, but hey, I'm in in fourth place behind Beardy. Hey, nice. I only have like 584. I think the number might be a little higher. Anakura was trying to convince me that my number is higher, um, but I didn't want to mistakenly take credit for someone else's stuff. So one of the things Anakura has been doing with this is if you know that on mobile you added stuff to the map, but uh, when you you know, created the account, it didn't record those things. Um, If you message him with like a handful of the points of interest that you know that you added in the past, he'll go and find all the points of interest associated with that IP address that associated that one that you told him, tell him about. And then he'll like add all of those to your leaderboard points. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's what I did. He he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, just send me some of the things you know you added." And so I sent him some and he I cuz I was at like 15 when I created the account. And then he's like, "Okay, here's all the things that I found associated with that." Cuz when you're on mobile, you know, your IP address changes regularly. So it's kind of hard to, you know, get all of the stuff, but at least he can grab most of it for for people. Yeah, and that's definitely not something he has to do. Like that's extra effort that he's putting in to make sure people get credit for their contributions. And like, huge shout out to him for doing that. It's amazing. Like, I was not expecting that, and I'm excited because like I mapped a good chunk of this city, and then when I logged in, I was like 15. Like, what is this? What? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of bummed, but he fixed it. Awesome. I have to. I have to do that also. I think I'm at like officially or according to the leaderboard i'm at like 20 or 40 or something but i definitely have more uh mostly done from uh from mobile yeah and uh my dad out there clumpy foot out there you're listening to the podcast same thing find a couple of those things you definitely know you did message um anacora about it and he'll make sure he'll get you credit like that's my dad's favorite way to play actually he like really? he, li- he likes doing the mapping more than the actual playing to be honest i i really enjoyed it in the beginning too um now once like the majority of the stuff got done, I kind of like it trailed off a bit, but it was really important to me in the beginning. And when I um, got one of my referrals on, when I, when I referred Joey bananas, I would get on him like, dude, you're not mapping stuff. You put down a vault. Why isn't it on the map? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Come <laughs> so on, Joey bananas. Come on. <laughs> but he, he, he did good. He started mapping stuff too. And so he's, he's back on it again. So that's good. Awesome. Good for Joey Bananas. Good for him. Yeah. 
Uh, we have the Anacros map and then this new website update for the wiki like uh, this thing we keep teasing we keep talking about here Frank is nearly complete you guys it's nearly complete Kevin's been hard at work on it Um, he's just really just finishing up the front page design right now and uh, he and I were on a call uh, two or three days ago um, talking about it and kind of planning sketching out like what would go where what makes sense and uh, it's not a final design obviously because we're going to get feedback on it and I'm sure I'm sure that we can do better with what we came up with, um, but we're just getting something up out there so we can get some feedback from the community and we can really iterate and improve that to be the best it can be. And so that's the that's pretty much the last thing is just getting that front page done and then Frank will be ready to go. I'm super excited for that. Hell yeah. You guys, there's so much, so much more cool functionality that's going to be enabled by that, by going to this uh, hodgepodge, this uh, Frankenstein's monster of uh, WordPress and Wikimedia. <laughs> it's so cool banner ads being able to put like twitter twitter feeds um you know streamer notifications there's so much cool stuff awesome it is chinese new year yes <laughs> we're recording this a couple of days into the event right now um we've had a couple people have already finished the quest lines um and zach uh, hell yeah <laughs> shout out to zach I'm so jealous. He, he must have gotten some snow too. He's in the Midwest. I don't know how he did it. Cause I, I was, I was like sitting here, like, you know, depressed that I couldn't go out and hunt. And I opened the game to get my mystery box and I see that Zach has completed it. And I was like, how, how in the hell he's only like, I, he can't be more than like five or six hours away from me, something like that. So I know he's got plenty of snow. <laughs> you know what it was? I want to bet money. It's because he's been buying dragon scales for the legendary already. So he had a massive head start on scales. Well, yeah, but he still would have had to like get the drop for the blueprint. Yeah, well, it got it got uh, got lucky or just insane amount of grinding, I guess. Yeah, and all them envelopes and stuff. Yup, yup. Good, good for Zach. Good for Zach. Yeah. Uh, Marvin's house uh, let us know that Block Boy, I guess, just finished it as well. Yep, Block Boy just finished it. Um, I think shout out to Wiki Team member W R Willem uh, runs that. Uh, he runs that YouTube channel, the Coin Hunt World Highlights, uh, and he's a fantastic addition to the Wiki Team. He's been doing a ton uh, over here as well. Uh, I think he was number four in the U.S. Um, in the U.S. Yeah, oh, four yeah. in the fourth in the U.S. And uh, shout out to Lion Locks, the first uh, first of the finishers for Canada out there. Awesome. Yeah, and it looks like Canada's done. I saw something about fifth in Canada, and I was like, okay, well, that's Canada. I don't have to worry about it. But I think all of those NFTs that were available for the first five um, are, are gone. So for, for Canada. And actually, I think, I think you might... Is, are we? Do we know that Will Will is in Canada or or is in the U.S.? Uh, Will's in the U.S. I'm like ninety percent sure he's on the East Coast somewhere, East Coast of the U.S. Well, that's interesting because I just opened the game and got the notification that Black Boy is the third hunter in the United States. Well, Corkio, stop blowing, stop putting me on blast <laughs> like that. Come on. <laughs> hey, this is the wiki. Our data has to be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair, fair. So maybe he's in Canada and he was fourth in Canada. Okay. Well, shout out to him how wherever he finished. Congrats on that NFT. He's awesome wherever he lives. <laughs> <laughs>
The uh, event keeps getting stronger, supposedly. The green vaults are dropping all sorts of stuff. I keep getting drops of 50 envelopes from green vaults is what I'm getting. That is awesome. I need to get out. I need to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's ten times the the drop from a blue vault because I think blues are dropping uh, five red envelopes. But um, yeah, it's awesome. a crazy amount of grinding to get all those scales and envelopes that you need for the for the dragon print. Oh, and uh, bearded ant hunter says that Marlov uh, was reportedly sixth in Canada, which I don't think it would tell us in notifications, but that's pretty awesome. Hey, congratulations, Marlov. Sorry on uh, sorry sorry uh, sorry on finishing uh, in Minelf place. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but congratulations. It was kind of interesting. We had this kind of uh, mind mind blown moment uh, a couple days ago here on the Wiki team, where Kevin actually pointed out the the quest chain that this these uh, the devs have been putting out for all of these events, like for the Christmas, started with the Christmas event, now at the Chinese New Year event. Um, this quest chain, it's a literal you know chain of these uh, individual items or blocks. So guess what, guys? It's a blockchain. Okay, you're going to have to explain this to me. <laughs> so basically, the quest chain was, uh, or is, it's a set of, you know, uh, objectives that people need to do. So like, uh, enter a green key, then put on the uh, common QB for the event, then enter a yellow key, put on the rare QB for the event, then a red key, then the epic QB, and then you uh, unlock the tickler. Um, and so each of those objectives that you have to do is a, is a block in this chain or this sequence of objectives or blocks that you've got to do. So it's a blockchain in itself. Ha 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 ha. Ba-dum-tsh. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Obviously not an actual blockchain, just in name only. Awesome. Okay. But you've got this, it's this Hawaii, the, this event starting in February here, we had a mini event in January with Suku, but then the devs have said that the next event that's coming is in May. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like, there's this one in February, but then nothing in the second half of February, nothing in March, nothing in April, and then all the way to it's like mid-May until the Hawaii event. That's like two and a half months between events. So, so the devs were like, oh, we heard that Quirky is a tax accountant, so she can't do anything until May. Maybe <laughs> we should just wait until then to have more events. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Thank you, devs. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, busting out, the, busting out the yarn for a little dubious speculation here. Uh, I'm thinking there's going to be some stuff happening in there that aren't necessarily events, Um but maybe like the new country launches might be happening in this time. Like that's just two and a half months seems like a long time to not have anything happen in this game. Yeah. I mean, that, that would make sense. I mean, they talked about a lot of quality of life improvements too. So they'll probably, I mean, I would guess they're going to make that switch over with key, key booths and walking for keys and that kind of thing. And it would be cool if they're making the next event, like the first event that has, you know, the new, functionality true true but uh this might be a case where they're being a little uh playing it a little close to the chest as well because yeah like bearded antitors commenting in here there's like there's no valentine's event there's no saint patty's day event there's no doge event like uh or other kind of meme coin event i don't know uh, they haven't told us about anything yet 
So we'll see. I kind of wonder, like, would they do the Doge thing, like how they do the Bitcoin and Ethereum QB, like maybe uh, have a Doge event in their back pocket so the next time it reaches an all-time high, you know, that's when they, you know, bust it out? That might be fun. I don't know if they would do that, but. Maybe, maybe. I think that's uh, that seems likely, though. Oh, and then I guess they're doing an El Salvador relaunch. Yeah, yeah. I remember them saying something like the El Salvador is going coming out of beta in um, because apparently the last two months have been the beta launch in El Salvador, question mark, question mark. Um, oh, but I, I believe that means that the they're reducing the cost of planting headquarters. Um, oh, that would be nice for them. Yeah, and there's a translation... Um, or they're translating the app into Spanish for the Salvadorans as well, along with the trivia. Nice. Well, I mean, that makes sense. They've got a lot on their plate. So May, I think May is fine for the next event. I mean, because, you know, they'll if they're going to do a relaunch, does that mean they're going to do a relaunch event? Um, and we know that they're going to have an event for the Philippines, right? Yeah, there's got to be some sort of launch launch event for the Philippines for sure. Yeah. Man, I would love to travel to the Philippines for launch. That would be so cool. But it's tax season, so I'm going to make that my excuse as to why I'm not there. (laughs) That's a a no-go this year? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that is completely the reason why I'm not going to the Ethereum Denver thing. Oh, the ETH Denver? Yeah. I really wanted to, but that's... You should go. I can't. <laughs> I totally can't. There's no way. Dang. No way. Well, uh, yeah, I'm actually going. I'm flying out uh, next Friday, so on the 11th, um, and then coming back on like the 21st or something. Uh, I'm, I'm super stoked. It's gonna be. It's gonna be amazing. I actually got some uh, some podcasting, like some mobile podcasting gear. Um, so that I can record some episodes and record some interviews uh, while I'm out there and just meeting up with people and just networking and seeing seeing what comes up. That's awesome. Uh, you need to market Coin Hunt a lot out there. Like, you need to like get a white T-shirt and a sharpie and make yourself a Coin Hunt shirt or something. <laughs> uh, get lots of stickers and like tell everyone about it. I've got my coin hunt, uh, my coin hunt mask, my custom QB mask that my sister embroidered for uh, <gasps> for Christmas. But awesome. yeah. yeah, like uh, I've got my QR code on my phone. Uh, but yeah, printing out some stickers would be great if I had um, some handouts for things, all sorts of stuff. That would be that'd be dope for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last question. Okay, ROIC is just posting just posting in the chat right now. El Salvador gets a new launch event next month, uh, so I guess in February, and they'll get another floating vault. Oh, wow, they get another launch event. Okay. So that's super exciting for the people that already participated in the first one. Oh, yeah. get two. (laughs) I mean, I know there's going to be new players that join with the new event, but, like, two events for one launch is kind of cool. Ant Hunter saying he needs pictures of that mask. Where can I find it? It's on my Twitter. It's on my Twitter. <laughs> uh, back in from back in like December twenty fifth, twenty sixth, something like that. 
Oh yeah, back when you were hanging out with your family. Yeah, back with back with family times. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny you mentioned that you're not able to attend East Denver because of because uh, of tax season and stuff, and that's you know a big part of the reason why. Well, it's uh, it's why I wanted you to uh, come back on the podcast, and we actually talked about this outside of the recording last time you were here. It's like, oh, we should definitely do a taxes episode, and like people are definitely going to want to know that. So I'm super glad we were able to uh, sync up and make this happen because this is uh, super super uh, valuable information for people. Yeah, so um, I'm going to have to put this uh, disclaimer out there. Of course. Number one, I'm not a CPA. That doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking about because I could be a CPA. I just hate red tape, but like I have to say that I'm not a CPA legally. I'm also not giving anyone any financial advice. Um, Crypto stuff is totally new in the tax world, and so much of it is gray area. There's no, no like set rules here. So it's kind of, everything's up to interpretation um, for the most part. I mean, there's some stuff that you can figure out like based on rules for other things. <laughs> but um, yeah, I have I have some ideas of, of what people might need to know for their taxes. So moral of the story, guys, moral of the story. None of this is financial advice, not financial advice. Please DYOR, do your own research. If you have concerns about this, please consult uh, your own t- tax professional. All we have here is information. None of this is advice, correct? Yes. And honestly, um, you might look for a new tax professional that specializes in crypto if you did a lot of crypto stuff because your everyday you know, old tax professional might have no clue what they're doing. So even your regular person might not be the person to go to. Maybe, you know, get second opinions. Uh, maybe that's your normal person for your normal things, but then also have a crypto person. I don't know. It just depends on your unique situation. Yeah. And actually there's a lot of, um, uh, I plan to tell you guys about like these, these tracking apps and software and stuff. Those, um, those places actually have people that they recommend um, in every, well, most countries to help out with that stuff. So um, you can find like, I, I think even like Coinbase and whatever, you know, if you go to their like tax section where they have their blogs and stuff, they'll recommend different companies to work with. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause if you had asked me about taxes, like, you know, a month ago, I'd be like, uh, I can try to help, but I still have to look it up. <laughs> and, and like, at least when I'm doing my research, like I know what all the things mean. So that makes it a little bit easier. But um, most tax preparers haven't really dealt with this before. It's so it's new. It's all new. It's all new. So for sure, for sure. So uh, as I understand it, no matter which uh, government you're, you live under, um, they're all concerned with these things, taxable events is what they're calling them. Is that uh, like, what, can you give us a rundown? What is, what is that? Why do we care? Yeah, so a taxable event is like, um, like let's forget forget crypto for a second. You go to work, you earn a paycheck. That's a taxable event. Um, you buy a stock and sell a stock. Selling the stock is a taxable event. Buying the stock is not a taxable event. So it's basically something that you do in your life that triggers taxes to be you know, taken out of it, out of whatever your income is on that. 
would you say it's like uh, a realization of profit, basically, whenever that would happen? Yes. Um, it could also be a realization of loss. So if you sold something for a loss, that's also a taxable event. It's just, I guess, a tax deductible event. Um, but yeah, so a taxable event is basically anything that triggers any kind of tax to be calculated. Okay. Um, and you said no matter where you live, kind of. <laughs> star, star. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, most places. However, El Salvador um, just decided that buying and selling of Bitcoin is not a taxable event. Now, they only said Bitcoin. They didn't list any other coins. So it's not necessarily all crypto. Um, and I, I tried to see if they if there was any information on other crypto, but everything I could find just said Bitcoin. So basically, buying and selling of Bitcoin, because they have made it legal tender, mm -hmm. it's treated just like the dollar is. So if you here um, you know, were to exchange um, your dollar bill for some euros or something, that's not really a taxable event because it's just a currency. It, they mm -hmm. see it the same way. It's a currency conversion as opposed to a, a, an asset sale? Exactly. Yeah, okay. because it, it's, it's all just currency to them. Um, and you can actually, um, I mean, you can pay for stuff like to the government, like your taxes with Bitcoin. So, um, but everything is also recorded on the US dollar basis. So even though it might be in Bitcoin, they record the value as US dollars just to keep everything kind of standardized. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's really cool because that means all of these El Salvador hunters, when they earn their Bitcoin in the game, that is a taxable event because they're earning money. But then if they hold on to it for a while and then go to sell it, that's not a taxable event like it is for the rest of us. When they go to convert it to another currency. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And that's, and that's, you said that's unique in El Salvador currently? Yes. Yeah, um, I don't think it's happening anywhere else. I think other places are thinking about it, um, but no other place has made that firm yet. Like this has actually been written into law. Oh, excellent. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how do how am I supposed to keep track of all these taxable events though? Because I don't know about anyone else, but I've been in, I've been doing messing around with like DeFi and doing um, transactions in and out, and before before. Uh, before I calmed down and just uh, stopped looking at charts, I was buying and selling stuff on like exchanges. Like, how am I supposed to know what my taxable events are? I can't remember that far back. I've got way too many. Yeah, so that that's the big issue. Um, so there are um, there's software out there um, that you can sign up for. There's uh, Coinly with a K, a Cointing. Crypto Trader, Zen Ledger, that's just to name a few of them. You can search, there's a whole bunch of them on there. And links to a lot of these tools in the show description. If you are going to use one of these, please support the show. Mm -hmm. um, that you basically can link your um, wallet, um, your exchange, like it'll connect to the API and whatever. It'll download all of your transactions and it'll organize everything for you. 
So for people like my boyfriend who have like way too many things going on to actually keep track yourself, (laughs) you might want to look into something like that because um, I know like at one point he had um, trading bots doing trading. So like he wasn't even watching it. It was just happening in the background and, you know, it was doing lots of small transactions um, you know, how do you keep track of it? Well, it's kind of hard. You can't. Um, <laughs> so for like me, all I do is play coin hunt world. Maybe I do some little Coinbase earn. I did some, uh, block reward thing. And I actually stupidly bought some stuff on Weeble and then sold it. For me, it's easy because I remember all the things I did. Um, Uphold has a list of all of your deposits and the dollar amount, uh, the the value of it when it was deposited, which is important. Um, and so for me, I can just take like r- write all of that stuff out and keep track of it, and that that's easy. But a lot of crypto people are in a lot of different places doing a lot of different things and you kind of need some kind of software to do it. Now what's good is that like after the fact, like the year's over, right? The tax year's over. Mm -hmm. You can still go out and sign up for these things and it will go back and look at the history of stuff for you. So, um, yeah, so you don't have to worry about like signing up for it right away. And And I know it's, there will be uh, referral links for uh, at least Coinly and Acquainting in the show notes for this to get you guys uh, a special, I think it's like $10 back uh, on a subscription to any of these services. Cool. Yeah. So, and then um, what's interesting, I know at least with Coinly and with some other ones, you can actually connect all your wallets, do all your stuff and like look at reports to get an idea of um you know, what your taxes are going to look like Mm -hmm. before you ever pay for anything. And the only time you pay for it is when you download the tax forms um, that it would prepare for you. Okay. So they're, they let you view it, but they monetize by, you have to pay to purchase the automation of having all that data put onto a tax form for you. Yeah. And and some of them connect with like tax act and turbo tax and stuff like that. Though I caution against using programs like Tax Act and TurboTax because almost every single return I've ever seen done in Tax Act or TurboTax or on H&R Block or any of those have all been wrong. Um, and I almost Excellent. every time, I, yeah, almost every time I get a new client, I I have to see the previous year tax return in order to prepare the next year tax return. So when I get it, I I look through it and I'm like, Hey, um, we can get you some more money back. You want to amend this? (laughs) And they (laughs) usually say yes. So, um, so yeah, where was I going with that? Oh, um, so yeah, you have to pay when you either download into TurboTax or tax act or whatever, but it'll give you like a, it won't show you the forms, but it'll give you kind of like a summary of your data before you pay for it. Okay. So if you want to see if it would be worth it or how it would work or, you know, if it works with all your wallets and stuff, you can do that before you pay for it for for some of them. If you're looking at some and they don't offer that and you're curious to see how it actually works, maybe go find one of the ones that lets you start doing it for free before you pay for them because they can get pretty pricey. So 
I was looking at one for my boyfriend today, and I would say he's got over, he, he's got at least 100,000 transactions for the Holy year. Holy crap. Yeah. And for him, it's going to cost somewhere around $400, um, which is great, though, considering, you know, I, you know, I do his taxes. And if I were to charge him to do that by hand, it would be a lot more than $400. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so... So yeah, and and I wouldn't necessarily be able to do all of it by hand because when you're transferring wallet to wallet and you know going from this exchange to that place, like that's not something I can actually track. So I think they have like you know blockchain explorers built in that like track all the different connections. So okay, okay. Yeah. So and and that's important because if you transfer money from one wallet to another, that is not a taxable event. Okay. Um, because you're, it's like m- taking a dollar bill out of one pocket and putting it into your other pocket. The IRS doesn't care that you did that. It's still your money. It hasn't changed. It's just in a different place. Um, they only care when that money grows or when you get new money, stuff like that. So. Okay. Um, the What if I'm someone who's a little bit simpler? I've just started, like my first interaction with crypto is playing Coin.World. I'm only on Uphold. I'm not everywhere. I only have one place where my crypto is. Do they need a a software application like all this? Probably not. So so here's one important thing. If you're in the US and you're doing your taxes this year, and this is the first time you've done crypto stuff, you'll notice on your tax return Um, There is a new question, Uh, a different version of this question was on last year, Um, but it says, at any time in 2021, did you receive, sell, exchange, or otherwise dispose of any financial interest in any virtual currency? Um, So if you played Worlds, you have to say yes on that. However, um, if you have just kept it in the game and not connected uphold, you have no taxable events. So you don't actually have to record. Actually, I would say that that doesn't count. I think you could say no to that question because you technically didn't receive it. The game still owns it. As long as you haven't exported to uphold. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exporting to uphold is a taxable event. And this is part of the like what you were saying about everything's a gray area here because there aren't firm and fast rules for all this stuff yet. Yeah, yeah. But if you think about it, if the game just shut down tomorrow and you had never connected Uphold, you have no claim to that money. Bill still mm-hmm. owns it. So it's not yours until it's in your wallet, in your Uphold. So there's no taxable event to you. Makes sense. But, Makes sense. But yes, every every Tuesday when you receive that deposit and uphold, that is a taxable event. Um, luckily, it's pretty simple. If that's the only thing you do, you can go into your uphold, look at your activity, and it will show you the dollar value of all of the crypto that you received. Um, on the And it shows you the value on the date that you received it, which is extremely important. So... There's this one um, concept in accounting called basis. So basis is what you own or what what you received an asset at, like what what its cost was when you received it. The the value of an asset at the time you received it. Exactly. Okay. So if I buy 
Tesla stock and it's $900, I buy one share, then my basis in that stock is $900. Um, it, if you think about crypto like stocks, it makes it a little bit more easy to understand if you understand how stocks are handled with mm -hmm. taxes, which not a lot of people do, but if you already do, like that might help. Um, so all your deposits, it, the, the date and the basis, so the value, the amount that you received and the value of it at the time is what you need to know um, for your taxes. And that, uh, what you consider it at that point um, is kind of up in the air. <laughs> because okay. this pl the play to earn space is so new as well, right? So, right. Um, and when I did research on this, I found a lot of information about Axie Infinity because that's the most popular one. That's what everyone's talking about, right? So yeah, it's the first one to hit uh, a billion dollars in NFT sales as a play-to-earn game, I believe. It's like yeah. far and away like the biggest of these play-to-earn games. Right, right. And so for most of Axie, it's pretty straightforward. You're buying these NFTs, you're upgrading the NFTs, then you're selling the NFTs or you're creating new NFTs when you do breeding and then selling them. So those NFTs are assets that either have a basis, what you paid for it at, um, and then you sell it. And so there's a, a gain on that asset and you pay tax on that gain and that's done as capital gains. Mm -hmm. um, or like you breed them and you create them. There's no basis in that because you didn't have to pay for it. Um, and then you pay, um, tax on the capital gain from zero to whatever you sell that Axie for. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So for that, it's kind of straightforward. And when it comes to like, you know, holding that smooth love potion token, like you buy it at a certain point and then you sell it at a certain point, that's capital gains. Um, for coin hunt world, you don't really buy anything. You're investing your time. And when you invest your time and your energy, we call that work, usually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm of the opinion, now, not financial advice, and I'm not saying I'm correct, but I'm of the opinion that we are working for this money. And Interesting. We're getting paid as almost like as if we're running a business. Like we are helping the devs build out the game. We're giving them, like, we're, we're testing it for them. They still, they say it's still in beta and it will be for a long time, right? Yeah. So, so we're kind of getting paid to test out this game and provide them with data um, and build out the map, right? So with, with our user vaults and, and stuff. And um, so now if we can call it a business, one of the main important things of calling something a business is that you are doing an activity specifically to make a profit. Most of us started out in this for the crypto, right? <laughs> I mean, we we're yeah. not still necessarily there for the crypto, but then again, someone who loves what they do for work isn't always just doing it for the paycheck if they love it, right? True, true. So when you have a business, you can also take expenses against your income. So those of us that drive, maybe we can take a mileage expense against our earnings. 
I don't know. I feel like I feel like that should be okay because I'm driving around specifically to earn crypto. Um, yeah. I bought an eighteen hundred dollar phone to help me earn crypto. So I feel like I should be able to take that against my earnings. Now that would require you filing it on a Schedule C, mm-hmm. and if you still have a profit um, after you take all your expenses out, which likely you wouldn't, but if you still did, um, then you would be also paying self-employment tax on whatever your profit was. And a, and a Schedule C form in the eyes of the IRS, that's a personal business tax. Yes, that that's like if you had an LLC. Um, you don't have to have an LLC in order to file um, a Schedule C on your 1040. Okay. So like if, if you work as a contractor for a small business, like maybe they haven't made you an employee yet um, and they give you a 1099, that's mm-hmm. where you would file that is on a schedule C. Um, oh, okay. And that's like a contractor. Like if you're a Uber driver or a exactly. DoorDash delivery person or Amazon driver, any of those kinds of people too? Yeah, exactly. And I, I kind of see coin hunt as similar to like, driving DoorDash or Uber, right? Now, when I do Schedule Cs for people that do those things like DoorDash and Uber, very rarely do they ever on paper make a profit. Usually their mileage um, deduction and their expenses are much higher than whatever they receive and pay. So I don't, I feel like CoinHunt World wouldn't really raise that many red flags when it comes to that. Now, I don't know if that's how the IRS is going to decide they want to have you record that, but they haven't said anything about it yet. Uh Uh-huh. And remember, remember everyone listening, this is not financial advice. Please consult a tax professional. Exactly. It's, it's still a great area. So I, I might try that on my return. I don't know how it's going to go, but I feel like I can argue the case if they were to come back at me and say, what is this? Um, that, that's the thing. If you're going to do something on your tax return, you have to be able to argue a case for it with really good evidence and follow that follows the existing tax law, which I feel that that does. Um, okay. Yeah. So now when it comes to other things, like if, we, if you had a, a mining rig, mm-hmm. I, I did read where if you're mining, that's considered the same thing. It's a business. So you were taking an asset, that mining rig, and putting it to work to earn uh, your block rewards. So mm-hmm. that you would file on a Schedule C um, and pay self-employment taxes on your profit. Uh, that is the only crypto-related thing um, that I saw as as that kind of as being recorded that way um, in my research. Um, if you do, if you get airdrops. Um, then that is considered other miscellaneous income. Uh, so that just gets, it, it doesn't get any additional taxes on it. It's your regular income tax rate. It gets recorded kind of like wages, um, but it's not wages. Uh, it basically goes on this like other line on your return. Um, and then if you're buying and selling, um, or buying and converting. So even if you're converting one, um, like Bitcoin to Ethereum, that that's a taxable event because you're basically the way the IRS would look at it is you're selling the Bitcoin for the dollar value and then buying the Ethereum for that same dollar value. 
um, they they see it as separate things instead of just one conversion. So they kind of they kind of treat it as like closing your cost uh, your cost basis for one asset and establishing a new cost basis for another in terms of the taxable events, correct? Exactly. Okay. And that's recorded just like stocks. So if you have ever traded stocks on like Webull or E-Trade or whatever, um, you'll at the end of the year get a brokerage statement that is a 1099B. It basically shows your cost basis in an asset and then uh, the price you sold it at, uh, the dates that you did that, um, what your gain was. And that gets reported on your Schedule D on your 1040. Um, and on the 8949 so that the form 8949 kind of like has all the lines with all the stuff and it kind of gets summarized on your schedule D. Okay. And even just listening to you now, I'm kind of like, uh, schedule B, schedule C, schedule D. And you've mentioned like two other forms already at this point (laughs) as well. So, um, I just want to make sure that you guys are aware if you go down into the show notes for this podcast episode, we do have, um, some country specific, uh, tax guides for, uh, Canada, the U S and the UK. And you can go click those links, check them out and get all this information in a written form, um, as well as, uh, obviously re-listening to this podcast and taking some notes, which I'm also doing as we're, as we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm telling you now, if you don't know what a schedule D is, if you don't know what a schedule C is or an 8949, please don't try to do your taxes yourself. Cause you will make a mistake guaranteed, absolutely guaranteed. And I see it all the time. Um, and you'll either pay more taxes than you need to, or you won't pay enough. And the IRS will send you a letter and say, Hey, you left stuff out. Um, and you'll have to amend it. And that's even harder. So please don't try to do it yourself. And I'm not saying this cause I want more business. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't want more business. I just, I hate to see people making big mistakes and missing out on stuff because of it. So please, um, go to someone, but not, not the minimum wage paid people at H&R Block and Liberty Tax. And they have no clue what they're doing either. Um, they literally take a two week class and get paid minimum wage to do your taxes. So please don't go there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Find someone that's a professional that has experience, that has gone to college for this, that knows what they're doing. (laughs) Um, It might cost you a little bit of money, um, but it's worth it. And it's not gonna cost you as much as you think. And also, it's important to know you don't need a CPA. A CPA, the only thing that they are able to do over you know, your average tax accountant or um, enrolled agent or whatever, the only thing they're able to do is um, represent you in front of the IRS um, in place of you. So like if you were to get audited and you don't want to sit there with the agent, uh, the IRS agent and argue it out, um, the CPA can do that for you. Or if like you had to go to court and sit on the stand, the CPA can do that for you. That's the only thing that a CPA can do over, you know, what anyone else can do. Um, Someone like your best friend, you could pay them $5 to do your taxes. And that's legal as long as they have their information on the bottom of your tax return as a paid preparer. So Okay. Don't don't think you have to pay a ton of money to have a CPA do it. If you know someone that does taxes for a living that is not a CPA, um, that has experience and you trust them, they're perfectly just as capable 
as a CPA is. And in most places, CPAs usually don't do the work anyway. They hire people like me and pay them peanuts to do the work. And then the CPA just signs their name on it. Oh, man. Okay. That's my, that's my spiel. On that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the question that immediately comes to mind for me here, which um, I don't want to, I don't want to have to jump around too much here. So we will come back to this question is how do I find a reputable person to, who understands this stuff to do, uh, if I'm looking for a tax professional to do my taxes for me, how do I find someone like that? And um, that's a question that I'd like to save for a little bit later in this podcast, um, because we do have a couple, uh, a couple more uh, crypto methods uh, or crypto earnings uh, types that I'd like to discuss real quick. But we are coming back to that question. It is not forgotten. Yeah, no, I, I definitely will go over that. Um... So we talked about mining, airdrops, uh, buying and selling. Uh, what about staking? How are those rewards treated? So that's really interesting. So staking used to be seen as something that um, you pay capital gains on when you earn it. However, there was a new there's a new court case, um, and everything's still up in the air. But it, some of you might have heard on the news that oh, you don't have to pay taxes on staking now. I'm going to put a slight pause on that. Um, <laughs> That's not entirely true. Um, so what happened was there was this couple that was doing staking in, I can't remember the, what coin it was, uh, Tevos, something like that. Oh, Tezos? Tezos, that's what it's called, yeah. Um, and they had filed the return and paid capital gains tax on what they earned. And then they went back and they filed an amended return and said, we don't believe we should pay taxes on this because... Um, we, it didn't exist until we got it, um, and we haven't sold it yet. And the IRS came back in just in December. So like what, two months ago and said, okay. And offered to give them a refund. They denied the refund and said, no, we want to take you to court so that you are required to actually give an outline of what you expect from people. Um, basically to create set some precedent. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now that has not actually gone to court yet. Nothing has happened yet. So basically what people are saying is, Oh, so the IRS was okay with giving them the money back. We think that the precedent they're going to set is that you don't have to pay taxes on your staking gains until you sell it. But we don't actually know yet. We have no clue. Again, it's all gray. Yeah, it's looking like that, um, but it, but we're not sure. So what a lot of people are doing is they're taking that aggressive approach on their returns and saying, you know, we're not paying taxes on it until we sell it. Now, this this is what that looks like. Let's say, let's say you write a book, and you get a bunch of these books printed, right? Mm-hmm. Those books didn't exist before you wrote them, and that's kind of how the staking works, right? Like. These coins weren't, didn't exist before you staked and earned them from staking. Okay. Um, when you go and sell your books, that's when you realize money from that work and that's when you pay taxes on it. So when you go and sell these coins, that's when you would realize taxes on those, those gains. 
Would that so be... that? No, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Well, so that that's kind of how this couple was looking at it. Like these at this asset didn't exist until until we had it, and it has no value until we sell it. Okay, I see that argument. The question, the follow-up question I have for that then is, what if you're not selling it and you're using it for for something? Because this is cryptocurrency. Like, let's say I take my stake, my staking returns um, from wherever, from Uphold or Coinbase or Kraken or wherever I'm staking or Rocket Pool or wherever, and I'm going to take those and I buy, say, a Board Ape Yacht Club uh, NFT, a Board Ape with it. So. Bending crypto is technically selling it. Oh, that's right. So that's still a taxable event? Yes. So, yes. So if, and, and I actually did this, I took some of my winnings from CoinHunt and I um, bought um, my custom QB from Kevo Strings. Mm-hmm. So I, the way the IRS looks at this is I sold that crypto and sent it to him and he received it. So it was taxable for me. It's also technically taxable for him. So sorry, Kibo, um, <laughs> because he earned it for providing something. But yes, when you spend crypto, they see it as a taxable event where you know. So if you look at it as I have an asset, when I get rid of that asset, no matter what I get rid of it for, whether it's other crypto, whether it's services or products or fiat, anything, that is when you have to take account how much, like what the value was. And that's, that's how you calculate your gain. Okay. That makes sense. So, so it remains unrealized as long as you don't do anything with it, basically. Exactly. If you just buy a bunch of crypto and hold on to it for a long time, you don't have any taxable events and, and yeah, um, you don't have to pay taxes until you sell it. Okay. It's different with Coin Hunt World because, like, we we didn't buy the crypto that we're holding on to and uphold. We received it as payment, so that's taxable. If you receive it for free, that's taxable. If you buy it, that's not taxable. It's only taxable if you buy it with different crypto. <laughs> so if you buy ETH with Bitcoin, that's taxable. It's so confusing. It's it's a freaking mess. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. This is this is a murky, miry swamp, and we yeah. very much appreciate you coming in and shining the the lantern on everything here. Yeah, no problem. So one of the important things with this is 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 basis, like understanding what you own an asset at, like what what value it has where when you own it. Like that is the most important thing because if you if you buy Bitcoin right now and sell it right now and don't make any gain, like your basis is the value that you bought it at and your your price that you sold it for is like you have no gain. So there's no there, there's a ta- there's a taxable event there, but you don't have to pay taxes on any gain because if you buy it and sell it immediately, it didn't go up in value. I mean, it could have, I guess, um, with how quickly the stuff moves. But um, so basis is really important. Um, you want your basis to be as high as possible because that minimizes your gain, right? Right. So your profit and loss depends on the cost of your basis or the change in the cost of your basis from the time you purchased to the time you sell or trade or whatever. Yes. Basis is also the time you earn. So with CoinHunt, like the time we, what the value is when we earn it. Um, 
also, um, it's, uh, it can be adjusted. (laughs) So this is where it gets a little confusing, especially with the different countries. Oh, this is where it gets confusing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, so in the U S um, when, as long as you're using what the default is, like, as long as you don't file a motion to change it, like Corkiel, Corkiel, sorry, before we get too far into the country specific stuff, there was, uh, we had a question in the chat that I think would be relevant right here. Uh, if that's all right. We had bearded ant hunter who asked, um, what, what would you Corkio personally, again, not financial advice, how would you consider crypto credit card rewards? In other words, like the uh, Coinbase credit card or Gemini credit card or the CRO um, crypto.com credit cards that reward you in crypto. Like what do those uh, crypto rewards count as in your mind? You have to ask me that, huh? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So that's interesting because... So if let's let's pretend it was fiat, right? And mm-hmm. you had credit card rewards from a regular credit card and a lot of us do have that, right? Yep. If if the credit card rewards are tied to spending money, then as a person, as an individual, the rewards that you get back are not considered income. So like I have my Amazon rewards card. I mm-hmm. buy a lot on Amazon. Um, I get like, I don't know, 15 to $30 back a month on my purchases. I don't have to count that as income um, because it's basically a reduction of w- the expense of whatever I bought. And the IRS doesn't track the fact that I bought Sherpa pants the other day. So <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't care how much those pants cost me. So they don't care that it's a reduction of that. Um, If you're a business, then those rewards reduce your expenses. And the IRS does care how much you spend on stuff when you're a business. Most people, though, are not doing crypto as a business. Though I did make a case to my boyfriend earlier that maybe he should look into that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if your reward is your initial reward for, like, creating a new account, like, I know when I um, got a new um, Capital One card and I spent a certain amount of money within the first month and they gave me a big chunk of money Mm -hmm. for doing that, that is considered income. And I got a 1099 um, uh, for reporting that as other income on my tax return. So that went in the same place that... um, like airdrops and stuff would go with that other miscellaneous income section. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, that's kind of murky. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to just assume no one's doing it as a business. So we would leave that out. But I, so I would say if it is, but, but it's not, it's not fiat. It's an asset. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, so you probably, you probably would treat it just like getting an airdrop or earning it. Um, Something coming in with a like an income with a cost basis of zero kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I I have a question. Okay. Yeah. Of course. 
with with these crypto.com things, like what are the rewards? Are you receiving their token that they're minting because you use their card? Um I for crypto.com specifically, I believe you're required to stake a certain amount of their token. Um, and so the rewards you get are possibly in their own token, but then they also have benefits like, oh, we'll pay your Spotify, um, your Spotify bill and we'll pay your Netflix bill and those kinds of things. And Bearded Ant Hunter is saying for crypto.com specifically, you do receive uh, CRO tokens back as their uh, crypto reward. So I would say you treat that like staking. Because okay. if you're having to stake something and get something back, I mean, that's staking, right? So... Mm -hmm. So that would mean that the, the CRO that you're receiving didn't exist until they made it for you because you staked. Um, if, if it's like proof of stake, I mean, that's how proof of stake works, right? Like your staking proves it and that is your reward for staking. They create this token and you get it. So what, I'm, so what I'm hearing is you say is that it really depends on the specifics of what token are you getting back and what's the action that you're required to do to have that card. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so the answer is it depends. It depends. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I would try and figure out like what the rewards, like what, what is the back end of those rewards and how, like, is it, is it staking? Is it they're just paying you because you bought stuff? Um, and then I would handle it like whether I would handle it like an airdrop if they're paying you because you bought stuff like regular credit card rewards usually do. Um, and I would handle it like staking if it's because of staking. Um, and if you're receiving. Um, so it's interesting. He, I can see he's saying if you, if you get Spotify and Netflix back um it says you get spotify netflix right back as cro so if they're giving you cro cro back to then sign up for spotify or pay for spotify then you're getting that asset and and that's taxable and you have to um that you have to record that if they are giving you free spotify and netflix and they keep the and you never touch the token. That's not taxable. No, they. It's a refund on your uh, Netflix okay, and you Spotify. Get a refund. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, if what you're receiving is a is a abstract benefit that is not, and you're not receiving any kind of token, if you're just receiving a free subscription and stuff, that's not taxable. Whether it's crypto, whether it's fiat, doesn't matter. But yeah, if if you're receiving tokens. Yeah, <laughs> that's where you treat it like airdrops or you treat it like um, staking. And and like we said, we don't really know how to treat staking right now, but <laughs> yep. I guess I guess we'll yep. find out. We all we'll all find out together, won't we? Yeah, I, I have no clue how um, how like when that court case is even gonna like happen. I couldn't yeah. find any info on that. So I don't even know when we'll have an answer. It could be two years from now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Who the hell knows, right? Yeah. Um, the IRS yeah. has been real cagey with uh, defining any of this stuff. I think they're still trying to wrap their brains around how they want to handle it too. Yeah. 
And what's what's super important here is don't let that make you think they don't know what's going on with crypto because they know. Like they are putting tons of money into all of these block explorer companies. Tracking tracking software and yeah, exactly. They so if you think you can get away with not reporting stuff and they just won't know because they seem to not know what's going on with crypto, you're wrong because that whatever companies they've hired to keep track of this stuff, if you say that you haven't, you know, you answer that question no on your tax return that, hey, I haven't done anything with crypto. Um, and then they get a report back from this company that says, yes, this person has, and here are the transactions. Um, you will get a letter that says, hey, you didn't report this. And if they can find that you intentionally avoided recording it on your taxes, they consider that tax fraud, you can go to jail and the fines are huge. So do your best <laughs> because I don't want any coin hunters going to jail. I promise you there's no vaults there. Um, <laughs> and, and there's definitely no keys <laughs> because otherwise you'd get out of jail. Um, For sure. Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's super important. Yeah. And it's important that you at least do your best because if you are doing whatever you can to do the research and do it properly and, and you do it in good faith. Yeah. And, and if you make a mistake, then they can't prove that you were trying to fraud the IRS. So like, then you will just have to pay the difference and then maybe any penalties associated with like, if you owed more money, then they'll charge you interest on the amount of time it took for you to pay it and stuff like that. Um, and they will send you a report that shows, Hey, we have this reported for you. You left this off. We're going to automatically adjust your tax return to include this stuff um, and charge you the tax associated with that. Of course, they always get that wrong because when the IRS does that, they don't include your basis ever. They only ever include what you sold something at. So you always want to report uh -huh. it yourself because then you can say, okay, I'm going to reduce this gain that you think I had by whatever my basis was. And this is what I actually owe you, not what you think I owe you. So... Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. So this is getting this is getting pretty heavy. Let's move off the different kinds of assets here now, and the different uh, ways you might have gained or lost an asset here with those taxable events. And let's talk a little bit about some of the country specific stuff. So I, I cut you off earlier. Let's come back to this. Yeah. Uh, you had started talking about the specifically for the U.S. with the IRS in there. What are some of the nuances going on with the individual countries? Yeah, so one of the main differences is basis. So in the US, um, your basis is calculated on what they call the FIFO basis. That stands for first in, first out. So the first um, Luna token you bought, um, it, if you buy, if you have like five different transactions of buying Luna, um, and then you have one transaction of selling a Luna token, it's going to sell the first one that you bought, not the most recent one that you bought. So, it, and it, it's going, so it's going to track like you buy over time 500 of something and then you sell 25 of something. It's going to take the basis from the first 25 mm -hmm. and, and just assume that you sold that and you, you're holding on to the other stuff. Now in the UK, it's different. So let me look at my little notes here. So the UK um, goes off of 
what they call a shared pool basis. So it's kind of like a weighted average. So it kind of takes like you bought 500 to some 500, like a bunch of different prices, a bunch of different times. It'll take the total amount you bought and the total price you paid and divide it by how many you have. And um, it will come up with an average. And that's the basis it uses. Okay. Um, and like any gas fees and stuff are added to your basis. I thought I remember hearing somewhere is like, isn't gas deductible? Yes. So whatever your expenses um, for buying or selling the asset, that gets added to your basis. It's like a cost of sale. So it, uh, okay. it's, yeah, it's removed from um, your gain. Now, um, Canada does an adjusted cost basis. Let me see what my notes are here. Um, so your basis is always zero. I can't even remember how they explain that. Um, I'm going to have to skip that. Yeah, no worries. No worries. <laughs> Something about your basis is always zero. Um, and and all of like your costs get lumped into something else. Um, uh, oh, w- when it comes to earning it. So like in Coin Hunt, your basis is the value of what you earned when you earn it. In Canada, the basis is zero. And then you have to, uh, you, you have to account for it differently. It's messy. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that the U.S. offers that you can do now is called specific ID. So if you have multiple wallets and you're doing multiple things, um, if you if you can identify, like when I sold this, I was really selling this batch of it. Um, and you can do that for every single transaction. Like, like let's say I earned like twenty thousand satoshis, and I want to sell a thousand, and I want to sell this specific thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you can point every sale to the, to the originating cost. You can do that. You have to like you have to elect to do that. It's like something you put into your return and you can't change it. You have to always do that. Once you pick that, you have to stay that way. Um, You can't do some of them first in, first out, some of them specific. You have to stick to one thing because otherwise you're just trying to take the best of both worlds. So that's kind of like taking the standardized deduction versus the itemized deduction, but for crypto stuff? Kind of, yeah, except you can take the standardized deduction this year and the itemized deduction next year. Mm-hmm. But for this, you have to continue with whichever you choose going forward. Oh, forever? Yeah. Oh, geez. Now, you can change it, but you have to do a big like accounting for the change and file all separate forms that show like because of that change, what was reported this way, what was reported that way, what the effect of the change is. It's a total mess. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I recommend picking one and sticking with it. And if you expect to be doing a lot of crypto trading and involving yourself in crypto a lot, don't try to do the specific ID thing. <laughs> You're just making your life so much harder. Um, 
Yeah, so that's one of the main differences with um, the different countries. Then mm-hmm. what I found was kind of interesting is, so in the UK, um, now they they work in what pounds, right? Is that pound sterling? Yeah. So in the UK, your first twelve thousand three hundred pounds is tax free. Um, so you get like an annual exempt amount. Um, that you don't get taxed on. Well, that's nice. And that that's for capital gains. And then your miscellaneous income, which would be like your airdrops and stuff like that, that's a thousand pounds that you get tax free. Um, which I mean, it probably relates kind of to the U.S.'s standard deduction, something like that. Except specifically for cap gains. Yeah, specifically for different types of income, which I think is really cool. Um, and then. You can also, in the UK, you can claim, like, let's say you had um, a wallet, like, a long time ago that I've seen these stories, and actually my boyfriend's son um, has one, where he had bought, like, three Ethereum, like, a few years ago, (laughs) and it only cost him a little bit of money, but now it's worth a ton, right? Uh Um, you can claim your, and then he lost it. Like he, he can't, he, he has no clue what the hell happened to it. It was on a thumb drive somewhere. I was going to ask about that. Cause you can, you can write it off, but only if you can prove that you don't have access to it. Yes. So in the UK, you can do that. I haven't seen anything about that in the U S. Um, but the UK, I specifically saw that you can claim, you can file a claim for your lost keys and, and deduct that. Um, so that's kind of cool. That'd be good for anybody out there who's uh, gotten rugged over the years. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and then in Canada, um, if you if you participate in crypto as a business, so the way they define that is if you are specifically doing it to make a profit um, regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if you're investing for other people and charging them for it, I would say if you're playing Coin Hunt World. But that's me. Like, I don't know how well that's going to go over. But so, if you're if you're doing it for a business, then you get taxed on a hundred percent of whatever your gain is in crypto. But you also get to take expenses against it, like your mileage, stuff like that. Mm. If you're if you're not dealing with crypto as a business, if you're just doing it as an individual to invest, um, you only get taxed on 50% of your capital gains. So I thought that was interesting. So individuals only, yeah, only have to worry about 50%. But now that also means that if you lose a lot of money, you only get to lose half of it. Like you only get 50% of a deduction too. Okay. So it's just flat 50% of your gains or losses. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. So, um, and then Canada has um, this, and, and and so does the UK, and so does the US. Like, um, we have this concept called the the wash sale, which Canada calls the superficial loss rule, um, and the UK calls the same day rule or the bed and breakfast rule. Um, okay. And the same day rule and the bed and breakfast rule are two different things. It's just the time period. Um, same day is obviously the same day. Bed and breakfast is a longer period of time. But if you 
let's say you buy Bitcoin and you sell Bitcoin and you have a thousand dollar gain. And then within 30 days, you buy it again and sell it again and have a loss. You can't take that loss again to reduce your gains um, from the earlier stuff. So if it's within 30 days, if you take, if there's a loss for the same exact asset within 30 days of a gain, you cannot take that gain or you cannot take that loss to reduce that gain. Um, they oh, consider it a wash sale. They consider it manipulating. Um, it, it, they consider that you were just doing it in order to avoid paying taxes and they don't like that. Well, you know, the volatility in these assets within a month can be insane. Yeah, I know. So that makes it really bad for people that are trading a lot and trading the same thing a lot, uh, really frequently. Um, when you get your brokerage statement from whatever broker, if you get a 1099B, um, they will calculate those wash losses for you and, and they'll remove them. Like you can't, they'll, they'll code it in so that your total gain on the bottom like does not include those losses, does not give you that benefit. So if you know how to do your taxes by entering what shows up on a 1099B, then you can trust those to give you the right information and prepare your taxes for for that for that portion of this thing <laughs> yeah if you're doing it yourself i mean i don't even know that i trust myself to recognize my own wash sale losses nope, so I wouldn't. um yeah <laughs> so some of this tax software um stuff is probably something you want to look into because it, it can get really messy and also um, I think I, I, I don't know if the UK does it. I know the U S and Canada do it that 30 days is, is valid before or after. So yes, okay. after if you buy, um, and there's a loss, you can't deduct it. But if you had a loss before you had the gain, you can't, you can't use that against it either. So they want you, uh, they don't want you trading high frequency trading basically. Yeah. Uh, basically with the stuff when it comes to taxes. Um, and thanks so much for um, going, going deep in the weeds with this Corkio. I know it's a lot. Uh, we talked, we haven't mentioned it here in particular, but uh, going back, just mentioning again for El Salvador uh, is Bitcoin specifically Bitcoin only is treated exclusively as a currency rather than as an asset um, it, within that country. So there are they do not collect capital gains on any gains or losses um, for that uh, for Bitcoin specifically. Right. So you don't have to worry about any of this for Bitcoin. Now, if you get paid in Bitcoin for doing work, you still have to include it in income taxes. Um, uh, Yes. Just like you were if you were getting paid dollars, but it's treated like dollars. Cool, cool. Um, so th thank you so much, Corkio. We went pretty deep on the weeds there. We're like almost yeah. an hour into talking just taxes. And as you guys heard, we're still doing, this is pretty, yeah, there's a lot of detail, but this is still pretty high level stuff. Like we're not going super deep onto the individual parts of any of these forms that we've talked about here. So if 
if I'm looking for that tax professional who is going to go into that level of detail and do all the work to make get, make sure that I'm able to you know deduct the most possible from my capital gains and uh, make sure I'm paying the least amount of taxes uh, that I can with this stuff, how would I find someone like that? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, if you lived in Oklahoma and you wanted a tax professional to do your taxes that knew about crypto, um, I wouldn't be able to refer you to anyone because there isn't anyone. Um, <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, so this, this is where it's really, really difficult. So a lot of those, um, the softwares, the, um, the trackers, Coinly acquainting those ones. Yeah, they had a list of um, tax professionals um, in each country that they recommend. Oh. Um, and I actually, um, I think that's how I found Crypto Trader, or was it Zen Ledger? It was one of those because I was looking at someone else's like recommended recommended thing, and I clicked on them in the U.S. and turns out it's just another tracker. Like they've just become a tracker. They don't even just <laughs> like do taxes anymore. Um, and I guess they found that that was the best way to make the most money with the least amount of work. Um, now some of these offer tax preparation um, for a lot of money. So like uh, just one year of an individual, um, I think it was on I want to say it was on Crypto Trader, charged like $3,500 to prepare your tax return. Ooh. Yeah. Um, now, what you can do is if you get one of these software trackers and um, you have, and you want to find like an accounting professional that can just use the forms from that mm -hmm. um, and not someone that specifically understands crypto, like, I could do that. Most tax professionals can do that. Like if you like, cause those programs will give you everything you need to just plug into the forms and you're good to go. But that doesn't mean that that person's going to really understand what they're doing. They just know that they're taking the data and entering it. But honestly, that's what a lot of tax professionals do anyway, <laughs> because our software does so much of it for us these days. Um, so if, if you really want someone to work with that, like, if you want to know if they actually know crypto or if they're just, like, blowing smoke and saying that they know crypto, what I would do um, to test the waters is see if they can tell you, like, give you a, um, a name of one of their clients and see if, like, you can talk to that client. Um, and see if that client agrees that their stuff is being handled well. Um, oh, I have okay. gotten, yeah, I've gotten so many, like, you can also, you can also interview two different tax professionals and bounce them off each other. It's kind of like, it's kind of like doing a checking their references almost for like you're yeah. hiring them. Well, I guess you are, you are hiring them for, <laughs> so I promise you, you want to do that um, because in Oklahoma, at least, if you go with the, and not even involving crypto, just regular taxes, um, if, if you go hire the, the firm that has the TV ads, you're mm -hmm. going to get screwed. Almost like half of my clients come from the firm that has the TV ads because all they do is charge a ton of money and do no work. 
(laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy how bad the industry is um, and how it's because like accounting knowledge is like the average person that doesn't know accounting thinks it's such like a huge, crazy thing that they'll never understand. So they don't bother learning anything about it. And then, so they just trust a professional to do all of it and they don't check on them and make sure that they're doing everything correctly. And usually that person is like, I'm going to take advantage of this situation and just not do anything correctly. And then that part, then they get paid a ton of money to do nothing. And that I've seen that happen so many times. And Oklahoma is one of the least corrupt states in the country, like statistically least corrupt states in the country. And yet I see so many corrupt accountants and builders, but accountants. (laughs) Wow. So, um, Awesome. Well, I really love that idea of asking for one of their clients and asking one of the clients what they think of that. That's a really great idea. I'm definitely going to use that for sure. Yeah. So if if someone came to me and said, hey, um, I'm looking for a new CPA, I'm leaving so-and-so firm, um, or or I'm looking for a new tax preparer and I'm leaving so-and-so firm, I'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry that, like, I'm sorry you had to deal with that firm. And it say you give them the name of the firm, the other firm you might be interviewing with instead of a firm you're actually leaving. So (laughs) I, I don't necessarily know all the great firms around here, but I know all of the horrible ones (laughs) and I can tell you who to stay away from easily. I know like every accountant in the city knows all the horrible places to go. They don't, we don't always hear about the good ones because you know, they get their clients and they keep their clients and their clients are happy and you know, that makes sense. That makes sense. So for sure, interview, interview the clients. And if it's, if it's complicated enough, use one of those tracker softwares, take those, take those uh, documents. Don't try and do it myself. It's, it's a whole mess. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Not financial advice, guys. Do your own research. Your situation is unique, but here's some of the great things, tools and outlines that you can use. Again, outlines uh, for the Canadian, US, and the um, UK tax guides will be uh, linked in the description for this show, um, as well as a link that I found uh, looking at taxes on DAOs and NFTs, which is a whole other thing, but uh, <laughs> but we're not going to get into that. Well, the, the two second thing on NFTs is treat an NFT like it's a coin and do the same exact thing. Perfect. I mean, it, it's basically because coins are considered assets, NFTs are considered assets. It's all the same. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on, Corkio. Uh, we've been talking yeah. for a long time. Who, uh, who do you want to <laughs> shout out before you go? Oh, my. Uh, well, I haven't really been talking with anyone lately because like, I've been so busy. But I guess what I'm going to do is I'm going to preemptively shout out <laughs> Zach for printing the legendary and letting us all know what the legendary does. I mean, hey. it hasn't happened yet, but if I shout him out for it, he's got to do it now, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, who knows? This is going to come out in a week, so maybe by then, who knows? Yeah, and I mean, we know he's got enough scales, and that's all he needed. So we know it's... It's it's close. It's close. We can taste it. Yeah, and we haven't forgotten, Zach. We haven't forgotten. We're, <laughs> we're all... St- waiting with bated breath and sitting on the edge of our seats. We want to know. We're vibrating with anticipation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for coming on Quirkio. Uh, for, the, for those of you in the audience, we'll have a little bit of a Q and a after this, but uh, thank you all for coming. 
And as always, everybody listening, have a nice day. Happy hunting. Gas prices are down, but you know what's better than low gas fees on Ethereum? No gas fees on Ethereum. First 10 times per month, when you withdraw ERC20 tokens, Ether, or Bitcoin from Gemini Exchange, they pay your gas fees. Yep, 100% free withdrawals. Whether you're a dabbler, a hodler, or a hardcore ETH maxi (laughs) IT guy, Gemini Exchange is a great place to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. Click the Gemini link in the show description to get $10 back when you start your account and trade $100. Get low trading fees with Active Trader Interface, less than Coinbase Pro, guys, and free gas withdrawals only at Gemini Exchange. Again, click the link in the show description to sign up for your own account today. Um, we're just we're just talking. We should have should have been recording this earlier, talking about uh, you know, send help. <laughs> <laughs>